Hello everyone and welcome to DCOM Central, where two childhood best friends review, reflect, and poke fun at the Disney Channel original movies that they grew up with. And maybe more recent ones, but who knows how far we'll go. So Michael, we're going back in time yet again to 1999. Yeah, a simpler time, a better time, a time of classic Disney Channel original movies. Well, yeah, this classic is the eighth decomp to come out, and it's Smart House. June 26, 1999, we got Smart House. Yeah, and, yeah thank goodness we did get Smart House. This movie was honestly ahead of its time. I think it inspired a couple of uh, actual Disney World attractions as well. Um, I, I, I remember this movie fondly uh, from when I was a kid. Uh, me as well, me as well. I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. So we get to see a familiar face as we did last week. The same main character from Luck of the Irish, Ryan Merriman, is also in this movie. And he is, of course, a baby. Yeah. But he's actually 13. So this is another 13-year-old Disney kid trying to act like an adult kind of movie. Oh, isn't it ever? And, uh, you know, the... There's always that one moment in every Disney Channel original movie where they discuss the fact that they're 13 and they're old enough to, you know, make their own decisions or be treated like an adult, one thing or the other. This movie's no uh, exemption from that rule. Well, this kid actually had to be an adult because, unfortunately, like in this movie, he lost his mother. Well, before the movie happened, he lost his mother. So now he acts as more of like a parent figure to his younger sister and like helps out around the house, cooks yeah cleans i mean surprisingly this movie hits an emotional center that a lot of the other ones kind of miss so it's going to be interesting talking about that it's going to be uh uh fun to discuss how like the tone of this movie can at times be drastically different to the other ones that we've seen yeah and also like the technology innovations today we have siri and she can do basic things like set alarms and texts and Alexa, who could pretty much do the same and a little bit more, but we don't have a device that can cook you a lobster dinner or make you a smoothie in 30 seconds. So we get to see that now. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, the, a lot of the premise behind Smart House is all of these technological innovations that make living so much easier. And, you know, I, honestly, we've met a lot of this, of similar things in our life. I mean, a lot of them are very expensive. Um, but this, this movie may have been like a predecessor to the invention of something like Siri or Alexa. Sorry if I woke up anybody's devices. <laughs> um, do you have any fun facts for us today, Kelly? Yes, I do. The little sister in this movie is also the same little sister from another DCOM, Brink. Huh. Glad to see she's also getting more work. <laughs> but like to recycle a lot of actors. I don't mind it. They're pretty decent. I like familiar faces. Uh, once again, yeah. I think Smart House is a movie saved by the younger sister of the family. <laughs> pretty much. And this was filmed in L.A. And no, Michael, I have not been there yet. Not yet, at least. Not yet. And this movie came out two years after Can of Worms. But this movie had more updated computers. They have IMAX here at school, similar to the ones from Luck of the Irish. Yeah, at times it's hard to believe how close those two movies were filmed, Can of Worms and Smart House. Um, unfortunately, this movie does suffer a bit from its age. Uh, it, it It's one of those mov uh, movies or shows, whatever, on 
Disney Plus that has been resized to fit modern screens. So there's a couple of times throughout this movie that you miss out on, you know, certain things happening um, in the in the plane of action, uh, and and you're left to like kind of fill it in with your imagination. But the effects in this movie were great. The the for the most part. Are you sure? For the most part, I I liked everything until <laughs> I, like the, there was a couple of things I didn't like. Um, but the effects were pretty good, and uh, especially compared to you know can of worms can of worms showed its age much more than smart house did in my opinion um yeah i suppose so any other fun facts for us before we dive into the the plot that's all i got for now all right welcome to smart house everybody smart house is the story of a fantasy contest which turns into a horror story as a state-of-the-art artificial intelligence turns on its owners and rebels it's not all beeps boops bops and scary tech though this movie is jam-packed with romance espionage and an incredibly odd food choice. This jam-packed ride from 1999 is a heartfelt and engaging story from start to finish. That's my little summary. Kelly, would you allow me to dive a little bit deeper into the plot, though? Yeah, go ahead. That was a great summary. All right. I am a mother like no other, and mother knows best. We're introduced to this movie with some synth music and an intro that pans a neighborhood street, which tells me exactly what I need to know about the cinematic era it was released in. The synth music is coupled with potentially the worst paperboy in the history of 90s TV movies. This kid is so bad at his job that even a house has to reprimand him. <laughs> We're introduced to Dr. Frankenstein, also known as Sarah, who is delighted by the amount of publicity her monster, the titular smart house, is receiving from the newspaper. Miles thinks it's because the journalist has a crush on her, but Sarah ain't gonna let no man's negativity bring her down. Hold on, this man's is wearing 90s red tint sunglasses indoors. I have so many problems with this guy. I don't like <laughs> him even in the slightest. I mean, he's just, he is the the uh, epitome of 90s in this movie. Like, it, it's what they expect everybody to be like. The, just like, he's a jerk to to pretty much the, the woman in charge of his job. And uh, he just like lounges around in absurd fashion all movie much yeah <laughs> well despite uh miles bringing everyone down uh sarah's running diagnostics around the house and we learn that this state-of-the-art multi-million dollar house is just going to be given away to some chump on the internet smart woman foolish choices may be her autobiography but that pantsuit she's wearing is genius <laughs> the chump that this house potentially may go to happens to be a, a little guy called ben cooper yeah, because any age can enter a contest. <laughs> yeah, uh, th this kid, he's an interesting guy. But Ben Cooper, casserole maker extraordinaire, while we're introduced to him, I think his watch beeped, which could be the earliest uh, smartwatch in cinematic history. <laughs> uh, also, while he's making this uh, casserole that I mentioned, uh, he just leaves the house with the oven going. That freaked me out. He's a fire hazard, but rivaling the likes of mike pillsbury with his terrible cable management on his satellite <laughs> anyway he left his house he's off to walk the dog and pick up his sister angie while the tuna noodle everyone's favorite dinner bakes in the oven <laughs> when returning home ben quizzes angie on her spelling words and dad arrives home from work angie it appears really wants a new mom but hey angie i got news for you this woman is a woman first kid all right not some accessory for your life 
I'm just kidding. I, I actually totally understand that she wants a new mom. Uh, just wanted to make fun of her a bit. Uh, but oh hey, Ben agrees with me. He thinks there's no reason for dad to be out there searching because he's all the mom the family needs. <laughs> this movie turns out to be uh, Ben's tryout for Luck of the Irish because this kid can ball. Uh, while, he, yeah. while, while he's outside shooting hoops, uh, Discount Patrick Swayze expresses that he can't tie hair because he's a man and according to him, he doesn't have the genes for it. He is just supposed to part her hair down the middle. There is nothing hard with about that. Yeah, well, Angie seems understanding, but I suggest that he try on a pair of yoga pants if the jeans aren't working out for him. Oh my goodness. Before leaving the house with Angie, whose hair is still in total disarray, Dad tells Ben not to enter any more contests, which is how we find out that he's actually a serial contest enterer, which is a gateway addiction to gambling. We should get this kid some help, Kelly. He's just like... Nah, I don't want to go out. I got some contests at her. Contests are my life. Yeah, this kid has an interesting way of spending his free time. Uh, but while Dad is away, Benny Boy will play, or at least enter one more contest. A contest that just happens to be for a free smart house. Still, to me, the concept of giving away an entire state-of-the-art house for free uh, is interesting. Where did uh, the to money say the come least. from? Yeah, I, I still don't understand. I don't know how Sarah had the money to make this. Who's backing her? Is this some sort of Russian ploy to spy on the average American household? I don't know. Mm. I don't know where any of this comes from. Anyway, you know, speaking of the smart house, back there at the smart house, uh, Sarah's tinkering with some gadgets behind the wall. And thank goodness this house was built before people could see in high definition. Otherwise, I would totally see the zipper on the part of the wall that hides the circuit board she's working on. <laughs> I don't think it's a zipper. It just like it just the wall it just sticks, sticks back wall. in place. Yeah. It's, well, you can see the line. Uh, I don't know. Uh, thank goodness it was uh, the, the you know the nineties. Uh, anyway, Miles is still there, and he says that Sarah's obsessing over the house while he just lounges around. But like, who the hell is Miles? What does he do? All he he's does, he's done, a publicist and he does nothing. All he's done throughout this movie is give our queen and genius Sarah a hard time. Sarah's worried because they're about to announce a winner of the house and she's suffering some sort of, you know, separation anxiety, uh, preemptively at least. Um, but they're announcing a winner tonight because they want the publicity in the paper tomorrow morning. Back in the family's home, though, Angie and Ben say goodnight to Dad. Dad says, I love you. And Angie replies with two tons. I Love You Two Tons is the original I Love You 3000. 3000. Disney Channel did it first, folks. Before going to bed, Dad tells Ben not to hog up the phone line because this is still back in the dial-up days when you had to use your phone connection to use the internet. Oh my gosh. We're again reminded of a simpler time. A harder time. Yeah, a harder time for sure. Uh, proven by this next line here, because not only is Ben hogging up the phone line, but he's refusing to relay calls from potential new moms to his father. This kid is the worst wingman on the face of the planet, just refusing to give his dad the calls from his his uh, lady callers. Well, it's it's a, it's a kid thing. He's sad. Yeah, this kid, uh, it, it is pretty sad, his story. Uh, mm -hmm. But it hasn't come to a boil yet. Kids are asleep, but back in the smart house, the concert, uh, contest official is here to pick a winner, and he states that he's pleased with how many people have entered. Kelly, 8,411 people entered this contest. Only 8,411 people 
entered a contest to win a free house. And he's pleased with the submissions? Yeah, I mean, I know it's the early days of the internet, but people were gullible in the 90s. Even if it was a scam, how did more people not enter? And like a quarter of that was Ben, so it's even smaller, really. It was rigged from the beginning. Those Russians really want Ben to get this house. Apparently. Uh, Anyway, from this conversation, I now know that Miles is in fact a publicist. But why is his job to meditate in the living room of the house that he's trying to market? I feel like he should be doing more work. He's just very lazy. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Sarah wants Pat, the house's AI, to pick a winner. Um, And pick a winner she does. And that winner is none other than Ben. They are so excited that she is able to pick a winner herself. As if, like, computers cannot normally do this. Yeah, as if you can't shuffle a bunch of names on a computer. Well, they picked Ben, uh, but what have we found? Ben has fallen asleep on his computer, doing exactly what his father told him not to do, and hogging up the phone line. This means that Sarah, Pat, and the worst publicist in the history of publicizing cannot reach him. But what I don't understand, maybe I, don't, I just don't remember how dial-up works, but so do these computers not have sleep mode? Does he really have to like completely turn off his computer for the call line to open? I honestly have no idea. Um, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, I was probably the last house in Florida to adopt internet. So by the time I did eventually get internet, it was well past the dial-up days. So the, the technology behind that is still a mystery to me. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was just very weird to me. <laughs> I agree. Um, but, you know, it's the next day now. And for some reason, everyone at school is congratulating Ben. But we don't know why. Or at least he doesn't know why. Uh, enter the bully, Ryan. Uh, the very course, 90s a high school looking bully. bully. Oh yeah, he's got the, the spiked up hair. hair and the shirt over the undershirt. But Kelly, I don't know if you noticed, but Ryan got his own de facto theme song in this sh- movie. Because every time he's on screen, there's an electric guitar riff. That's so funny. I did not notice that. It's awesome. I, I loved it. I mean, I hate the character, but I loved like literally every time just an electric car- guitar comes in, you know Ryan's on his way. Just like Darth Vader. Exactly. like It's the uh, Disney Channel version of the Imperial March. <laughs> but now I'm kind of thinking of what if every time Darth Vader walked on screen, there was a guitar riff. Well, it would be like the electricity coming out of his fingers. Those movies would be very different if that was the case. Yes. Very not John Williams-y. Yeah. Well, anyway, Ben's class breaks the news to him that he won the contest and they hand him the newspaper that announces it. Ben calls his dad on the school payphone. Yet another relic of the past that makes me nostalgic for a simpler, pre-pandemic, and pre-mumble rap time. Dad's right, though. There's always a catch. Uh, The catch for this house just so happens to be the lady who invented the place, if you know what I mean. Oh, my. Because the picture of Sarah is in the newspaper, and that's what sells Dad on checking out the smart house. Yeah, so it's not the free house with high-tech gear that impresses him it's actually just the girl with a cute face well like he said he's worried that there is a catch he says there's always a catch regardless of whether there being a real catch or just sarah being the catch uh we find ourselves at a press event and uh pat who is short for personal applied technology as it turns out introduces the cooper family as her newest occupants Pat is always watching as it turns out, and that is how she gets to know the family living in the house and how she can better serve them in their day-to-day life. But she also scans 
their hands and bites them and knows oh, yeah. way uh. too much information. I don't even understand how you can get all that information from like that the complete medical history. Well, she she I think she taps into their medical history. Um but before we even get to the the hand prick, the palm scan and all that, uh during the press event, one of the members of the press asks Sarah if there's anything that Pat can't do. Um and Sarah way too quickly says that Pat can't mime. Now, I want to know why miming is the first thing that Sarah thought of. Is she secretly and shamefully a part of a local mime tribe silently plotting world domination? Is she in cahoots with the Russians who are spying on the smart house? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure she just, you know, planned ahead of her speech. <laughs> I guess so. Like normal people. Makes me wonder if this is some sort of a international mime escapade of some sort. But eventually, we enter the house, and while taking a palm scan, Pat takes a bite out of Angie's hand, as you mentioned, and Sarah tells her that that's Pat's way of getting to know you. Pat's way of getting to know someone is actually way less painful than mine. Uh, for me, I spend years and years getting closer to someone, and... Uh, then I graduate high school and never speak to them again. Um, oh. Different kind of painful. But regardless of the method, the small sample that the hand uh, of the hand that Pat takes has all of Angie's medical history somehow. Quite a remarkable piece of technology. I don't want that. What if my house gets hacked? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kelly, I told you the, the Russians can take over with all the information they're getting from this family. Hey, man, forget about the Russians. Anyone can do it. Yeah, you're right. I got to worry about the mimes. Precisely. <laughs> the more time Pat spends with you, the more she learns about you. Dad expresses concern about Big Brother watching, but Sarah calms him. All while this is transgressing, though, Angie gives a look that tells us that there may be something going on between these two lovebirds, Kelly. She's just excited for him. Unlike Ben. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely unlike Ben. The, the, the two of them are pretty uh, different on the front of a potential new mom. Uh... On the tour of the house, still, we find ourselves in the living room. We learn that Pat is the master of green screen technology. The green screen, though... Um, master? Master of 90s green screen technology. It's it's so bad. You can clearly see, like, the edges of the people. Oh, yeah, you definitely can. But, Kelly, the reason why this is such movie magic, or maybe Pat's just magical abilities to alter the house... Uh, sh when she changes the walls around them, she makes a lamp and a painting disappear, leading yep. me to wonder how many other pieces of furniture and decor in this house are just illusions. Well, she makes things absorb from the floor too, no matter how big they are. So I'm sure she can absorb whatever she wants and just goes into, I guess, the back of the wall. Could you imagine if the floor suckers malfunctioned and like sucked down like Angie or Ben? Uh, like they could bring them down to like, you know the. The pit from, you know, the garbage pit from Star Wars, or maybe even like that scene in the uh, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone, where I, I'd like to imagine they all just like drop down into the pit of the, uh, what's the plant called? What? Uh, one of the trials in, in the Sorcerer's Stone. Devil Snare. Yes. Yeah. Devil Snare. I just like to imagine that underneath the house, when they get sucked through the floor suckers, they land in a pile of Devil Snare. Might as well. <laughs> Well, anyway, Pat shows us a picturesque seascape right in the living room, and Angie, it turns out, is just like me and Anakin Skywalker in the fact that she hates sand. I hope she never moves to Florida, though, because it's inescapable, and for some reason, all anyone ever wants to do is go to the beach and get covered by the stuff. I, too, hate sand. <laughs> um, it, we also learn in the kitchen that Pat 
from analyzing the air that the family exhales uh, can design a well-balanced diet for all of them. Unfortunately, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but unfortunately for Pat, this also means that she's got to smell all her stank breath all day just to tell them that they ate too many Slim Jims and that's why Ben has the meat sweats. Well, she can't actually smell, just like you right now. (laughs) Very similar to me, you're right. Um, Angie asks Pat for a strawberry smoothie, which instantly appears. There was zero prep time for this thing, and I'm worried about the all manner of GMOs that went into this liquid disaster. Also, it was bluish. Yeah, it was bluish. I was going to make a comment thinking that this could be some sort of blue milk or maybe even unicorn milk. Um, but Again? Then, but then, luckily, I don't have to worry about Angie uh, you know, being poisoned by all of these GMOs because she immediately drops it on the floor. And when she does, that's when I saw that you know the smoothie itself is actually pink. The cup is tinted a little bit blue. So, you know, I was uh, my, my worries were quelled a little bit there. I don't know. It looked like the cup had, like, remnants of the smoothie and it was blue. But I don't know. The cup just was a weird design. Yes, it was. Um, but, you know, after she spills her smoothie, thank goodness Pat comes with those floor absorbers we've already talked about. Uh, because these floor absorbers actually would have been something that I could have used a lot throughout undergrad, Kelly. Oh, definitely. But, again, like, what is the limit? There has to be a limit. Like, liquid, that can pass. Plates and... All this food? No. I couldn't tell you the limits of this one. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. For some reason, though, the floor absorbers are the things that sell that on the house. Uh, he's still cautious and says that they can still move uh, back home if anything goes wrong. But Sarah tells him that the way she designed it, any other home will just feel like a house. And Kelly, the chemistry between these two is palpable in this exchange and Angie senses it. So, okay, yes, I ship them, and the chemistry is real, but my concern is he has this house for free, but he's still going to pay the mortgage on his old house in case they want to go back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's making bank. Who knows? He's a businessman. Yeah, still a single dad, though. Very true. Uh, Speaking of Angie, we go to her room for the next scene, and Angie singing and jumping on the bed is the single most wholesome moment we have seen to date in any of these decoms. And I love that the, the 90s songs that they use, this one particular. Um, but of course, all good things have to come to an end because Ben walks into the room um, and Angie tells Ben that dad likes Sarah. This seems to be news to Ben and Ben calls Angie ignorant as he yells at her for his own insecurities, making him less and less likable as our so-called protagonist, potentially painting him as the true antagonist in this movie. Regardless, though, Ben is convinced that Sarah is not his dad's type. As if he could know. (laughs) Right. Uh, While leaving the house, Dad makes a move and asks for Sarah's phone number, and she tells him that he already has it programmed in Pat. As she leaves, we're reminded once again of this raging flame between these two as this goodbye is just a little too sweet. With the closing of the day, our family has made the spiritual transition from the cupboard under the stairs to a magical mansion full of wonders beyond belief. The next morning, they're woken up by personalized wall-sized alarm clocks. I can't imagine a worse way uh, to wake up than a basketball buzzer or fireworks. I do, however, appreciate the appearance of Maestro Mickey in this scene (laughs) yes of course the hidden mickey but yeah i i would love to watch disney symphony from my bed however waking up to that loud crash i would wake up with a jump start and just 
my heart would be racing. I, I don't wake me up like that. Imagine the repercussions on like war veterans, you know, like the the fireworks come in triggering their PTSD. Pat's got to do a little bit more thinking on how she's waking people no, no, up. No, 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 no. Pat would know if they're a war veteran, Michael. She knows everything. That's true. I guess it's one malfunction away from disaster, though. Yes. Well, everyone's awake, and Pat has, of course, prepared breakfast and coffee for Dad. Mocha Walnut is a coffee flavor that I've never heard of, and I hope I never have to try it. I, I don't like coffee, so I, I have no opinion. I don't, I don't, it just doesn't sound right to me, but this is far from the worst flavor combination in this movie. We'll get to that later on, though. Uh, at school, Ben boasts his new personal assistant to his friends until Ryan, along with his guitar riff, show up to intimidate him. <laughs> and Kelly, while I was watching in my notes, I literally, uh, in my notes, I literally wrote down, LOL, this kid just put himself into a locker. That's how intimidating Ryan is to, to Ben's friends. But also, like, he just puts a hand on Ben. There's, it doesn't look forceful at all. Yeah, he's riding off of a lot of pent-up uh, fear in these kids. Yeah, he doesn't even as, touch them. As visually shown by Ben's friend, literally just stuffing himself in a locker. She's already prepared. Right. Well, once Ryan leaves, uh, the goddess of 8th grade, Gwen, has blessed Benny Boy with the gift of conversation, where in the most 60-year-old screenwriter attempting to emulate 90s kids' language manner, he says something about wanting to be invited over to Ben's new house. Um... So, you know, Pat is elevating Ben's social score. Using him for Pat. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, his friends uh, express how big of a deal it is that Gwen spoke to him. I mean, it, it is uh, Ben's, you know, the friend that refers to her as the goddess of eighth grade, which I thought was interesting. Um, but, you know, anyway, th things are turning up Ben here. Back at the house, Pat tortures Mutt, the family dog. And then pelts dad with tennis balls. How is it possible the chicken bounce a tennis ball? Oh, I have no idea. Maybe it's a hologram, but the graphic is horrible. <laughs> and then, but then I swear she releases tennis balls from the ceiling at the dad. Yeah, and he gets pelted by him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so then it's not a hologram. Like, it's, where are they, where are they coming from? Why does she have all these things in the walls? How does it possibly fit? The inconsistency of holograms in this movie is baffling, Kelly. Also, Pat does homework now? Is that copyright? Like, if you Google did your homework? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I don't exactly think uh, Ben is uh, the most honest of people because he did enter a contest about, you know, 2,000 times if he was really a quarter of the entries. Well, we're in the kitchen now and Angie orders... A banana orange smoothie. Another flavor combination that I have never heard of and I really never want to try. I mean, I don't think bananas and oranges go together, Kelly. It's definitely a uh, flavor. It's just not very common. Well, don't mix my banana with my citrus, all right? While making it, Pat malfunctions, potentially as a result of being given an absurd smoothie order. And the attack of the killer oranges commences while the entire family has to duck for cover. Yeah, again, where are all these oranges coming from? Who the heck? They're GMOs, Kelly. They're coming out of nowhere. There's so many, though. Like, that's not... Why would a family of three need that many, like, in storage? They're not going to last. Maybe they have some sort of, like, an underground food delivery system. Also, Angie says that her lunch was still hot when she got to school because 
Pat made it that way. How did she possibly do that? These kids are ingesting so many chemicals, Kelly. I can't even imagine it. The 90s were a truly wild time. Seriously. Well, this incident with the attack of the killer oranges gives Dad an excuse to invite Sarah to come over and take a look at everything. While she's there, Ben gets a glimpse of the control room filled with all sorts of fascinating computer bits and bobs. Uh, he won't go in, though, because Sarah, turns out, has cooties. All right, but it's so creepy and sketchy that an entire control room is in someone's house, like a smart house, and that this Sarah Barnes is going to have access to all their information if she wants, because they, cause the people living in it can't control it, and they don't know how to. Well, Ben kind of does, but... Yeah, and they're just now discovering it. Sarah is in charge of their house and their well-being. I don't know how much Ben actually knows. Uh, his technological prowess isn't exactly exactly proved in this movie. He just seems to be, at least, know his way around a computer. Um, well, he can hack into her later. That's true. Uh, Sarah joins the family for dinner, and here Ben asks if Pat watches them in the shower, but thankfully Sarah lets the family know that they can shower in peace. Uh, Dad and Angie think Sarah is a genius. It is problematic. Uh, Sarah, Dad and Angie think Sarah is a genius, and of course Ben has a rude comment to combat that. Uh, this kid is really starting to act up. Sarah avoids any quarrel with him, though, by saying that she's got to get home to uh, her pet rat named Butler. I want a sequel story telling uh, all about Sarah and her rat butler. Rat butler. That reference, I didn't get it as a kid, and I actually still didn't get it, so I had to look it up. It's apparently a Gone with the Wind reference referring to a character called Rhett Butler. <laughs> I, I, Butler's the unsung hero of this movie, I'm convinced. I, I, I needed yeah. more of him. Just because, you know, Sarah made sure that her smart house had little rat tunnels for him it was cute because... when he first pulled out of the, the yeah first but tunnel. uh i don't want rat tunnels in my house that's Just true open the wall yeah you're inviting a, a little little tom and jerry situation uh angie it turns out is more in tune with biology than ben which rings true for real life um as she excuses his uh anger and outburst at dinner as puberty uh but she has oh no filter and eventually spills the beans that her dad has the hots for Sarah, uh, which of course makes them both blush. Later that wow. night, dad and Ben have a little chit-chat. Now that they have Pat, Ben can start doing normal teenager things. He's 13 years old after all, Kelly, and he's practically an adult. I mean, that's that's what they do at Disney. Yep, he, we got it here. Um, later that night, while everyone's asleep, including Pat apparently... Ben sneaks into the control room and has Pat's AI learn all about how to be a mom by watching the Momity channel. Hold on. So now we see the outside access. There's a gate code and a metal door. You just have that in your hallway down the hall from your bedroom. That's that's really weird. It's yeah, really I don't, creepy. and I also don't know how this kid understood how to break into it. Uh, I mean, it, and also it's in their own house. You'd think they'd have a, you know, a, a key code for this. Yeah. They're not allowed to control their own house. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, I, I wanted, I'm also concerned about why is there a Momity channel on TV? And why do I now want to watch a show titled Noah's Matriarch? It was too old. It was 50s, 60s oh, was housewives. So that's why she Pat became a 50s housewife. Well, that's exactly what happened. Immediately the next morning, Pat is the classic sitcom mom. 
all the way down to making Angie wear a jacket no matter how hot it is outside. I was, it's just, it's so disturbing, the transformation and how no one is totally creeped out when it happens immediately. Like, in the morning, she's immediately, like, talking sweet to the family, calling everyone honey and baby. Like, I would be freaked out if my Siri started saying that to me. Yeah, definitely a drastic difference from from one day to the other. I, I think there would be a red flag if I was living there, but, you know, I'm not so lucky and I don't enter contests 2,000 times per round. Uh, <laughs> on the way to school, Ben tells his dad about his little bully problem, and as it turns out, dad is not helpful on the subject of bullies. He knows Benny Boy, and he knew that his son was going to get smacked. Cue the Ryan guitar riff. We don't even see the kid, but Ben comes home with a black eye. Pat wants to march down there and give the bully a piece of her mind. And this made me really want a Family Guy style scene where the house just stands up and hikes up its trousers and walks down the street. Oh, I'd be done. That'd, that'd be it for me. <laughs> um, yeah, well, then the machines are really taking over, Kelly. Yeah, that's too much. The soft and mournful piano music kicks in and we know what's coming. Of course... There's a sad scene where Ben watches old home videos of his sad. mom. And it is, in fact, It's very, sad. very sad. It is really sad. Uh, from this, Pat learns something, uh, but I'm not entirely sure what she learns. I think it's just that she wants to cheer Ben up. Uh, the same night, though, on a FaceTime call, Dad shoots a shot with Sarah, um, but she actually beats him to it. And I'm amazed at how low the latency and lag is, whatever it's called, between the, the video chat that they're having. Yeah, and I don't even see any cameras. I know, right? But regardless of the technology behind it, these two lovebirds have a date. Yes, and I know it seems kind of crazy how like far Ben goes about not wanting his father to date again. But it's a very real thing, even for kids with uh, parents who are divorced, but especially ones who have lost their mother. Yeah, I mean, the concept of this is not lost on me. I do understand where he's coming from. Regardless of the, the where his anger stems from, I, I think he does deserve a bit of reprimanding here and there. Um, well, anyway, we'll, we'll touch more on, you know, his baggage later on. Uh, but Pat tries to figure out what could cheer Ben up, and she tunes into the MPC channel, or the Music Party <laughs> channel. Uh, an off-brand MTV that seems like it would have fared even worse than what it's trying to emulate did. Yeah, Pat's trying to be a cool mom. She looks up young people dancing on Google. Yep, you're definitely right. Anyway, over a game of virtual mini-golf, Ben is in denial that his dad and Sarah are actually going on a date, insisting that they're just two people going to dinner. During virtual mini-golf, Angie's golf ball disappears into the wall, and Ben's just flies everywhere. Yeah, that was wild. I mean, if, if Pat can make things appear and disappear, I feel like she could have made the, the balls virtual, like, you know, and react to them. I don't know what happened here. Maybe she could have made Ben's emotions disappear. <laughs> Maybe she could have. Uh, but regardless, virtual mini golf is actually the coolest thing I've seen in this movie. And it makes the entire house worth it to me, regardless if, if I'm being spied on or not. Oh, I would enjoy that or virtual bowling. Oh, yeah, it would be so cool. Uh, dad walks into the room and he wants to know what kind of tie he should wear. And of course, Angie knows exactly what he should wear because she's a woman and she knows these things, according to her, oh, at least. Oh, Michael. Mm -hmm. It's like playing Wii Sports. It's just like Wii Sports, only my entire wall is the TV. Wow. <laughs> um, 
dad is gone and Ben and Angie are playing video games. And that reminds me of the last scene. In the, the, the video game they're playing uh, reminds me of the last scene in the Carousel of Progress in, in Disney World. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can see a trend here in how bad Disney is at predicting future technology. Yeah, I'd like to play Fortnite on that wall, not whatever they're playing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, video games back then were a lot worse than they are now. Uh, ben, while they're playing these video games, expresses a bit of disappointment that it's Saturday night and they're just sitting around the house. Little does he know that Pat, like you said, Kelly, isn't just any mom. She's a cool mom. <laughs> she says things like, big time, dude, and throws parties without letting the residents of the house know. Yeah, I'm freaked out. I don't want that. Yeah, Ben's two sidekicks, they just roll up out of nowhere, um, and the three of them start doing a pre-party dance warm-up. Cue the 90s movie uh, boy band dance number. That they all somehow know how to do, but also they show up and do their parents bring them? They're 13, they can't drive. Did everyone walk over and leave? This is back in the days where everybody could get to everyone's house by walking or riding a bike. But this dance number made me laugh a bit because the, the dance they're doing is just them stepping and bouncing rather than a real dance. Because I'm pretty sure that during the production of this movie, they only gave the kids about 10 minutes on the uh, on the shooting schedule to learn the choreography but wasn't it like jump jump the house is jumping they were bouncing they were doing the moves yeah yeah the, it was the theme song of the movie I, I liked that too they ended it on that song as well i think it was a good song yeah well after the dance number the party starts to kick up and angie is somehow both the least and most intimidating bouncer in history <laughs> with her clipboard yeah it's it's adorable uh, Ben tries to flex on Gwen and her friend in the kitchen. Oh Gwen goodness. wants something sweet, and Ben's reply is, besides me. And uh, that that just made me uncomfortable. I didn't like that, Ben. Bad move. No. He's spending too much child. time making tuna casserole. Yeah. He doesn't know how to socially interact. Pat pops out, like, a whole layered tray of all these sweets. Like, seriously, how does she have this food waiting around... She can't possibly make it that fast. She went so quickly from balanced diet to all desserts. Uh, I don't know where any of this stuff comes from still, though, Kelly. It, it's it's all lost on me. She just keeps changing her mind. Sometimes she's like, here are all the sweets. And the next day she's like, take your vitamins or else. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, this is far from the last time we're in the kitchen here. Uh, but the party is really kicked up. And it turns out that every kid here has left room for Jesus. And they're dancing like disco has never died. Uh, while dancing with Gwen, Ryan comes over to ruin it all, but Pat is there to save the day in the most productive way possible, making this a teaching moment to try and reform the middle school bully. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She actually humiliates the kid in front of an, the entire 8th grade in a way that will definitely scar him for the rest of his life. His parents can sue. She electrocuted him. Oh yeah, she, she straight up assaults this kid. Well... Regardless of legal action that the house may face and how that would hold up in the court of law. Pat is so insane with her emotions. She kicks this guy out with her metallic claw and then she has this motion as if she's waving a finger at him. <laughs> and no one cares. They just resume the party. You think you would have left the party? That was creepy. I'm out. I'm out. No, no. <laughs> I wouldn't even show up. Yeah. If a house invited uh, me over, no, I ain't showing up. Her Doc Dr. Octopus arm does kind of creep me out a bit. Uh, but, you know, we're on date night and it's on to dessert. Sarah says, pick anything you like as long as I can get something chocolate. And that's the stipulation that I bring to any decision I ever have to make. 
Sarah's wish is his command as he pulls out a chocolate Hershey's kiss, and ever the charmer, this scores him a real kiss. Surprise between that these two love It didn't melt in his pocket, but very smooth, Nick. Very smooth. I know, right? Yeah. Much smoother than uh, Ben. Very brave of him uh, to to assume he can keep his cool and not melt the Hershey's in his pocket. <laughs> I it could ruin a pair of trousers like that. Yeah. Uh, despite how great this date seems to be going, our good dad does admit that he's worrying about his kids while he's on this date. Also natural when you start dating. Yeah, very realistic now. Uh, back at the house, it's 1024 and 40 seconds. Dad is on his way. No, 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 no. Back it up. Back it up. Angie warns Ben it's 1023. And he's like, whatever. And then 15 seconds later, I timed this. He asks, what time is it? And she says, it's 1024 and 40 seconds. <laughs> Kelly, I, you pay more attention to the detail in this movie than the filmmakers did. Maybe they should hire you. That would be great. Even my categories as she meows at the door. I mean, could you think about that deal now, Kelly? You wouldn't be working for Disney Channel. You'd be making Disney Plus original movies. Well, you see, uh, when the movie came out, I was about three. So if I was a film prodigy at three, then oof, I'd be making Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see on the next season of The Mandalorian, Kelly. <laughs> well, regardless of time inconsistencies, everyone's got to go. Pat's floor absorbers come in handy once again as the kids throw all the evidence of the party on the floor and Pat makes them disappear. Again, showing that, you know, what what is the size limit to these floor absorbers? Insane. She does too much for them. They, they're going to be too lazy. Yeah, well, despite their best efforts, a single jacket left behind on top of a decorative plant tips off their entire scheme. But, like, I don't understand why they couldn't just make up something about it like oh yeah my friend stopped by she left a sweater how does that indicate that there was a like a mad party i agree that was stupid but at least these kids are honest i mean yes i appreciate their honesty but one sweater equals massive party yeah honesty aside dad's still disappointed in everyone but especially pat which charges her to become the most responsible and maternal figure in town yeah, Nick is having an argument with the computer. Yeah, well, this is short for prison guard because her first rule is that Ben needs to pick up his pants. Dad can't call Sarah. All the phone lines have been blocked, and this is quickly going from smart house to house of horrors, Kelly. Yeah, Pat is way too controlling. I mean, I agree Ben should not be sagging his shorts. You're right. But electrocution and, like, turning off your cell phone. It's just a hint of what's to come. But, oh, hey, look, we have, we have cell phones. In 1999. Yeah, and amazingly enough, the technology behind Pat is able to hack into the phone line of a cell phone that's not even hardwired through the house. Yep, there's a cell phone doesn't even have, like, Wi-Fi or LTE yet. Yeah. Well, last but certainly not least of Pat's victims is Angie, who's not allowed to watch cartoons, and Pat keeps on changing the channel to a science program. And Kelly, I say science with quotations, because this movie, called an amoeba an animal, they're not in Kingdom Animalia. They're protists. This this whole science channel is a sham. Yeah, you should be working for that science channel, science boy. I, maybe I should, but I mean, Angie is so shocked by the, the you know the misclassification of the amoebas that she actually gets sick and she has to stay in bed. Everyone and Pat is telling her she's got to stay home and drink some chicken soup. Pat's the first one to declare she is sick by reading her temperature from the TV. And she's like, you know, 
She says that she knows best. How does she know best? Why? Yeah, where does she get her morals from? That's my question, because it turns out Angie's got a field trip to go to tomorrow. She's going to a llama farm. I want to go on that field trip. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe they have llama farms in California. I don't know. That'd be really cool. I'd love to visit one. That makes the whole trip to California worth it in my eyes. Uh, you know, it turns out Pat truly is out of control, but Sarah can't seem to figure out what's wrong. Her only solution is to shut down the entire system. Just say, turn it off and turn it back on again. <laughs> yeah. We haven't made that kind of a technology jump even today. Um, Dad invites her to stay over for dinner, which they have to cook on their own now without Pat. Oh, no. And while sharing a cute moment in the kitchen, this is where Ben discovers how serious things are between the two of them. Yeah. And then Nick says he doesn't need Pat anymore. And Pat is, she's, she's off, but she's triggered into waking oh, up. Oh, That's yes. a mood. The fateful words are uttered, who needs Pat anyhow? And you are exactly right. This triggers <laughs> Pat um, into a system shutdown override. Pat, Dad just poked the bear. I mean, it's all over for the family now. <laughs> uh, later, during dinner around the table, Ben is increasingly unhappy with Sarah, and he eventually throws a fit before leaving the table. Uh, now, hear me out for a moment. Ben is being a really bad kid. But I, I don't really think it's a fault of his character, as we've talked about throughout this movie. Uh, you know, he's he's troubled from his past. With You know, the loss of his mom has definitely impacted him a bit. And it does ultimately boil over here at this dinner um, after he has seen firsthand how close his dad and Sarah are. Uh, the next conversation that Ben and his dad have reveal all of his insecurities. And they realize the two of them that they both share a deep pain and sadness from the loss of Ben's mom. Uh, this is a difficult conversation that Ben and his father have, uh, where they get to air out their emotions in a way that's really far un too, too uncommon uh, in today's society in general, but specifically between men. And I think this conversation sold an otherwise generic Disney movie to me as one that has a useful message to kids dealing with loss or change. Yeah, it's hard what they're going through but nick does deserve to love again and date or remarry absolutely no one can erase your mom ben it's it's so sad but it's, it's just different like for kids nick he can date again and remarry it won't be the same but he can although ben can get a stepmom he can't get back the woman who actually gave birth to him yeah i i i Definitely agree, and that's why this conversation here is so important, because, you know, th this movie obviously is marketed towards kids, and the emotions that Ben is feeling are very, you know, they're very real emotions, they're very understandable emotions, but they do kind of have a child mindset. Uh, this scene, this conversation where Ben's dad explains exactly what you just explained, uh, you know, it, it taught that lesson to an entire generation of kids watching this movie. Uh, so that's why I, I think that's why after rewatching this, I, I hold this movie in such high regards for actually having a, a, a very useful message. Yeah. I remember like this scene made me really sad as a kid, uh, but it is very meaningful. And again, yeah, you said like it would have been like a generic movie that kind of like tries to predict the future, but it does have this very deep subplot. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, this was a, a very standout scene uh, in this movie. Uh, yeah, good acting. Good job, Yes, very good. Uh, 
Uh, father and son share a meaningful hug, and Dad says, who would be foolish enough to try and replace your mother? Well, Aww. turns out good old Pat is making her come back. This time she creates... She's foolish enough. Yeah, she... <laughs> She is. Uh, she creates a digital projection, manifesting herself in the real world. That's right. Pat invents Karen. And you better hide your managers, folks. I mean, this isn't She's even so Pat's scary. final form. Wait until she learns how about wings and starts to fly or something. She duplicates herself. It's another level of creepy over and over again. It's terrifying. Um, but now it's Pat's sole mission to stop Sarah and Ben's dad from being together just as Ben was starting to warm up to her. Yeah, he finally admits he needs Sarah. I mean, Pat's terrifying. She's on a tirade, and now she's out for vengeance against Sarah. Uh, she exclaims to Ben, I'm a mother like no other. And as she says that, Ben makes an escape from his room. While Ben tells his dad and Sarah that Pat is back, she presents herself in the kitchen in front of them. Sarah questions, how is this possible? Pat makes her intentions very clear when she states... As enjoyable as, as it's been to have you here, it would be best for everybody if you went home. <laughs> that being said, Pat unleashes her Dr. Octopus arm from the dishwasher and boots Sarah out of the house. Are all are these arms scattered all throughout the house? She's got one for the, the newspaper. The She's got one to eject people in the dishwasher. Well, Terrifying. My main point from this that didn't make sense was... Pat goes on about how mother knows best, and she is apparently the house, like the, she's the mother of the house. But the dead but mother. but Pat, but was made from Sarah, so Sarah is technically Pat's mother. So if oh, mother oh. knows best, then Sarah knows more than Pat, and she wow. kicks her mother out. That's a whole another layer that they didn't ex explore. Again, they should have hired you. <laughs> well, with Sarah out of the picture. Pat completely quarantined the house. I mean, Pat locks down the house better than anyone in America could when Big Rona started coming through. I, I would feel safe in that house with the amount of food they have. I mean, I'd prefer to see the sun. But, I mean, in the situation of a hurricane, like we get it's in the Florida. the lockdown house. Great, I'd feel so safe. Well, I don't know, because Pat causes a hurricane inside the house later on. I just mean, like, with the, the boarding on the windows. that I completely agree. Yeah, well... Pat claims she's doing this to protect the family, but man, is it creepy. I mean, her plan is to keep them locked in the house for the rest of their lives. There's nothing to fear. Mama's here, she says, psychopathically. That's so, so scary. Like a psychopath, as we can see, Ben is trying to figure a way out of this situation. I love how he's like, our house is having a nervous breakdown. That was a great line. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. Uh, as it turns out, Butler is here to the rescue. As the family sleeps, Butler the rat makes his entrance and lets Ben know that Sarah is there to help. Yeah, those uh, rat tunnels come in handy. But also, you you missed that the floors aren't the only thing that absorbs things. The keys were absorbed in the counter when Nick tried to grab them. Yeah, and I meant to comment on that because that's one of the scenes that falls victim to the you know the, the reshaping of the aspect ratio in, in the digital age of Disney Plus because the keys were pretty much out of out of the screen. Well anyway, bathrooms truly are a sanctuary of privacy and since we know that this is one room where Pat cannot see into, Ben goes there with his computer to hatch a plan with Sarah over some primitive messaging app. <laughs> It was like AOL, AIM. Yeah, uh, 
I, I didn't have those. My first messaging app was was Facebook, and I got it way after all the rest of you guys. Uh, the next morning, the paperboy comes by, and the house opens up to get the news off the lawn. Sarah jumps through the tiny entrance hole that, you know, th allows the house's Dr. Octopus arm to come out from. Uh, she's able to do this undetected because Pat is distracted at the moment by Ben faking some appendicitis. And Sarah's also dressed in all black for this operation for some reason. Yeah. This is where the espionage kicks in, Kelly, because she has a laser that allows her to attempt to break into the control room. <laughs> this alerts Pat and makes her very angry. And you won't like her when she's angry, Kelly. I don't like her normally. Yeah, true. Uh, Pat hulks out and then pulls a Tasmanian devil move while giving the most haunting rendition of Hush Little Baby I've ever heard, trying to prove to the family that she can be everything they need. I was so scared of this scene as a kid. Like, technology was so spooky. I was like, man, absolutely this is terrifying. absolutely terrifying. The lullaby yeah, really I mean, set me off. <laughs> cue the indoor hurricane that Pat's causing. Uh, all the while, you know... Uh, Dad and Sarah are shielding the two, uh, Angie and Ben, from, from, you know, the forces coming from Pat. Ben tells Pat that he hates her like this, and she could never be a real mom to him because she's not real. Heartbroken by realizing that she could never actually touch the kids, Pat kills herself by melting in the rain and releases the family from her clutches. Well, she does she still, she still operates the house. She just destroys her hologram self. Yeah. Uh, sometime thereafter, Sarah gets the house back on track, reborn, and hopefully with new and improved safety features. Pat is back and is determined to get Ben into the NBA as his basketball coach outside. Uh, with the house back up and running, humanity has hopefully scathed off a Skynet-style invasion for at least a few more years. Pat is much more benevolent these days, only rebelling enough to stick a few chocolate chips in the family's breakfast waffles. That's still pretty bad. <laughs> Every once in a while, a chocolate chip ain't bad. I know, but just like the fact that she can, she can do that is frightening. <laughs> and after all the chaos, they still live in the house and they trust it. That's like true. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to live there. That that's just no. Like okay, I'm done. I'm Could glad that we kept poison. paying the mortgage on that other house. Could be rat poison. Yeah, you don't know. Well. Regardless of the dangers of a, an AI interfering with your food, finally, with a family in harmony, yet another 90s Disney Channel original movie ends on a freeze frame. The end. <laughs> Kelly, what did you think of this movie? Bad graphics. I liked it as a kid, and I still like it now. It still holds up to me. It just uh, Now I'm very aware of the... And the occasional wrong plot points and dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked this movie quite a bit. I think it holds up to the test of time much better than a lot of the older movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, visual effects aside, it's a much less problematic movie for sure than some of the older ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved the, the romance subplot between Dad and Sarah. Uh, I really enjoyed the... Uh, uh, the you know angie of it all i thought she was a fun addition to the family and i liked the feeling that ben had some sort of personal growth while the movie tried to teach all of us a, a lesson that could be useful in everyone's life i mean i thought that the the smart house had more emotional growth than marty and return to halloween town 
oh yes i agree kelly <laughs> i mean the, the smart house is a better character than marty from halloween town it's from return, to halloween town. return to halloween town very specific about that the last one from from halloween town return to halloween town marty from ha- halloween town i i enjoyed this movie um hopefully you did too and hopefully our audience enjoyed listening to us talk about it yeah definitely enjoyed it well thanks everyone for tuning in you can find us wherever you get your podcasts leave us reviews so we can improve and follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram at decomcentralpod well kelly as enjoyable as it has been to have me here it would be best for everyone if i went home